Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. When you resist truth, you build up an intolerance to it. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. In today's podcast, I'm going to read a good bit of scripture to you because I think it's vital that we form our opinions or honor God's truth, I should say, based on scripture and not on our opinions. I'm going to talk today about some questions I've been asked with increasing frequency uh, regarding the whole sexual transgender identification issue. And I just want to walk you through some scriptures so that you have a biblical footing, okay, on how to respond, first of all, within yourself, that we get clear within ourselves and that we're answering out of the authority of God's word and not our emotional response or even our intellectual response. So in Romans, the first chapter, the very last verse, that's verse 32, says this, and all they know, and all they, and although they know, excuse me, the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things, now the such things are in the verses right before this, which are sexual perversion, men burning for men and women burning for women. That's what God calls it. Now, perversion is a strong word, but it just means for something to be used in a way it was not designed for. It's a perverse thought. It's a perverse action. It's a perverse mechanism. So it's being used as a way that was never intended for it in the beginning. It's being misused. A perversion is a misuse. A perversion of the truth is a misuse. A perversion of a, a authority or a title or a privilege is a, is a misuse of that. So this is a strong word, but it is a very accurate and clear word. And it says, are worthy of death that they not only do the same, but give hearty approval to those who practice them. Now, I don't think you have to have a lot of discernment to understand this, and it's critical that we're clear that the objective here is not just that they are allowed to do whatever they want to do. And when I say they, those who have decided that they do not want God in their life and they're allowed to do whatever they want with their own body. Boy, where have we heard that before? That is not their end agenda. Their end agenda is that, but they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. In other words, they will not stop until we applaud. Literally, that's what the Greek means here, that we applaud them. One translation says that we celebrate it. One translation says that we delight in it. So the end game, what is happening from the devil's agenda on the perversion of sexuality, on the perversion of gender. Remember, we're made in God's image, made male and female. So when those images are blurred, it blurs the image of God. It attacks the image of God. When the distinction of a woman or a distinction of a man is made, outside of the Bible, okay, I, I probably should say is not made because the Bible is full of those distinctions. And we're going to talk about some of them in the next podcast, actually. Then that is an attack on the image of God. When you read this, I think of Exodus 23 and the first couple verses. Listen to what it says. 
You shall not bear a false report. Do not join your hand with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. You know, a witness in the Bible is not just somebody that says something. Sometimes it's somebody that doesn't say something. Somebody that doesn't stand up and speak out. The Bible teaches in the law of covenants that silence is an amen. And their objective is for the church to stay silent. I hear many church growth strategists saying we should be silent because this will affect the growth of the church, but it's affecting the integrity of the church. Listen to what it says in verse two. You shall not follow the masses in doing evil, nor shall you testify in a dispute so as to turn aside after a multitude in order to pervert justice. In other words, do not be influenced by the crowd. Do not put them in a position where you've got to either celebrate with your amen, which is either silent or vocal, and you take on that role. So, you know, when you're in any kind of a warfare or strategic situation where you're negotiating about something in life, whatever it may be, you have to say, what is the purpose of this? What is to be gained? What is to be lost? Why is this important? Well, what's important here is that the church loses its voice. It's beyond the gender identity things and all the different perversions of sexuality that we're facing. Now, let's go through some scripture here in Romans 1. If you jump up to verse 18, this is where this whole discussion really starts, okay? It really kind of engages starting in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Men who suppress the truth. Men who, the Greek says, willfully hold back the truth, okay? Those who do not want the truth to go out. So if you take verse 18 and you put verse 32 together, everything else in there is a strategy on how they want to do that. I want you to think about this. We think of it as just being a sexual thing, and it is because it's important, but it's even a bigger picture than that. It's nullifying the voice of God in our culture. It's nullifying the voice of God in people's lives. It's nullifying the ability to say anything is right or wrong. It's nullifying the ability to say something is clearly what it is. A man is clearly a man and a woman is clearly a man. Those are pretty basic understandings literally up into the last decade, okay, uh, that people would even consider or think out loud that a man wasn't a man or a woman wasn't a woman. Even when we understood that there were people that faced same-sex temptation, they still didn't say that they weren't a man or they weren't a woman. Now we've gone to another level with that. So let's just read a couple more scriptures here. Verse 19, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. Who made it evident to them? God made it evident to them. There is something within man that God has made evident to them that they are a created being and they are not God. How do I know that? Because the next verse tells me. For since the creation of the world, when, when did this start? At the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, 
his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, clearly understood through the creation. His unseen attributes are clearly manifested through his seen attributes, which are created in men and women, so that they are without excuse. They can come up with any philosophy they want, but when they look in the mirror, they're either a man or they're a woman. When you take their blood or their bone marrow or their muscle mass, uh, no matter if they've had operations, you know what? It's still going to say male. It's still going to say female. It cannot be hidden. We have to understand what's at stake here. What's at stake here is absolute truth. Is there an absolute truth? And God is giving us an incredible illustration that there is absolute truth, but in spite of that, people will deny that. They will deny instinctively, obviously, what they are and who God has made them. And then verse 21 says, For even though they know God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their what speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Okay, so when you invite speculations that are against the obvious revealed will of God and who God is, there is a darkness that descends on you. When you resist truth, you build up an intolerance to it. Even for a believer, when you're disobedient to God, the more you're disobedient, the easier it is to be disobedient because you are in fact resisting truth. Then if you drop down, just a little bit further. Let's go down to verse uh, 29 and 30. I'd encourage you to read the whole chapter, but let's go to 29 and 30. Being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossipers, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, listen to this phrase, inventors of evil. Listen, there's more where this came from. Do you, do, I mean, it's hard for us to believe that the transgender movement has anywhere else to go that it can get worse, but it can get worse. In our lifetime, unless we have revival, we're going to see pedophilia legalized. We're going to see the age of consent continually lowered and lowered. After all, you got to realize that there are states that are interfering with parental rights and taking children as young as six years old out of the home to give them gender therapy. You can't make this stuff up. And what he's talking about here is everything it takes. When you read that description of sin, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, listen to this disobedient to parents. What he's talking about here is not just individual sin. He's talking about a process. You've got to have these things happening. These things have got to give way in order for this next great calamity to give way. And then he goes into, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, and unmerciful. And then the verse I read you, the last verse of the chapter, what I started with, and although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, that's why uh, there is such anger, that's why there is such hatred, uh, 
That's why uh, they want us to be quiet. They say the reason there is such depression and high rates of suicide and abuse among sexual partners and all these perversions is not because of them. It's because we are making them feel bad because of what we're saying. Listen, they're very clear about that and that uh, they want to hold us accountable for hate speech, for saying that because we're making them hurt each other. We're even making them take their own life, of course, which is preposterous. What it is, it's a witness of the death that is already in them. But they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. That is their goal, hearty approval. Now, I want to talk to you in our next podcast about some thinking uh, that we may have that is unfortunately very unbiblical when it comes to these things. So I'd encourage you to ponder in this, read this chapter, maybe share this with a friend that you have uh, the ability to have great open discussions with. And I'll look forward to talking to you uh, next week on our podcast. This is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. God bless you. Today, Keith had a discussion on denying the Creator. We were made in the image of God, made male and made female. When those images are blurred, it blurs the image of God. Don't be influenced by the crowd. Don't put yourself in a position where you have to celebrate with your silent or vocal amens. What is at stake here is the church losing its voice. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.